Hey everyone, welcome back to Starstruck. It's Ophi, and I'm here with the lovely Aries, Annabelle Gant. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yay, you might know her from Vice or uh, the Vice app. Um, Astro Guide. Astro from, from Guide. And her book, The Astrology of Love and Sex, or your website. Uh, oh. Yeah, you have so many places that you are. Like a true Instagram. Air, Instagram. Twitter. You've always seen me around. You've seen her around. Yes. We share a Scorpio moon Capricorn rising in our yes. charts. Yes. Sag and Aries fire. So you're going to get probably a, a lot of uh, detailed kind of Scorpio moon insights. Exactly. We talk about the retrogrades of 2020. Yes. So which you as an Aries are going to feel one of them. So, For sure. Yeah. So anything you want to say about 2020 in general, Annabelle? Or are you, what are you feeling for this new year? It's a new decade. Um, in addition to astrology, I love numerology. I'm not an expert, but I think it's really cool that it's like 2020 because like we have 2020 vision. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think that's sort of like a, a good omen that maybe we're going to see things more clearly somehow, right? We One of the most uh, important features of 2020 is this Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which is really high pressure, uh, super uh, reorganizing, restructuring, and it's in Capricorn. So we have to be really realistic and, and have clarity or else things are really going to crumble. And the great thing about retrogrades, which is what we're talking about today, is Retrogrades give us a chance to review what we've been studying or learning. And when you think about it, when you're taking a class on something, the teacher doesn't just tell you something once and then you move on and then that's it. You get the information and then you're supposed to reread your notes and then maybe practice it a little bit and then you review it again and then you move on to the next topic. So even though retrogrades can be really frustrating because it feels like they slow things down, it's really the universe's way of making sure that we actually got the lesson and that we've really learned what we need to learn before we can move forward. The other thing is that, you know, we are, we kind of pressure ourselves to like go, go, go and keep moving, but retrogrades really give us a chance to take a break. So even when you're having the most fun at the most exciting party, all of us need to take a second to go to the restroom. And that's what <laughs> I like get. the bathroom break from the universe. <laughs> that's what a retrograde yes. is people. Yeah. You can do it Britney Spears style in a trucker cap and barefoot, or you can do it with, you know, Grace and Panache, right? Yeah, Scorpio Moon stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, are you good at tests, by the way, with your Capricorn rising? Like, good at tests? Yeah. You like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was very good at tests. I never had to study. Yeah, I feel like with the Capricorn rising that, like, it's like, give me a test. Yeah. I love tests. And, and you know what? Sometimes I would flunk a test. But I'd be into it. I'd be like, well, I deserve that. And I'm proud that I flunked that test because I know I didn't study. So I got what I deserved. And I just would never care. <laughs> I love it. So see, we are the people to tell you how to get through the retrogrades and survive because, yeah. you know, tests, they build character for us. Yes. And retrogrades do that. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Now, were you born with any retrogrades in your chart? I have Mercury retrograde. Oh, I do too. You know, that's so funny. Yeah. A lot of the astrology writers that I know were born, uh, even some of the starstruck people, uh, Colin Bedell from Queer Cosmos and Mecca Woods. Like, we have it, we all have Mercury retrograde. I think there's like a mis, um, 
understanding that people with retrograde Mercury's or really any retrograde planet that they might be uh, flaky or bad at details. And that might be true sometimes, but I think it also gives us more patience, especially Mercury retrograde. And writing horoscopes or writing about astrology requires a lot of patience because you're making a list of all the aspects that take place. You have to be cool with rereading your stuff and not getting frustrated about it. Um, I love I love doing that kind of thing. It's, it feels good for my Mercury. Yeah, totally. So if you're someone who was born, if you do your chart for the first time and discover retrogrades in there, well, look, at any given point in the year, there's usually at least one retrograde planet. Sometimes we get a break, but those outer planets move slowly. They can be retrograde for five months at a time. So don't freak out if you see that in your chart. Just know, all right, this may be- It's normal. Yeah, maybe my soul chose this as a, some area I need to work on, a muscle I need to strengthen in this lifetime. So, exactly. you know, if, if we were bad communicators in a past life, then we get Mercury retrograde to work on that as an opportunity. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I think one thing that Mercury retrograde people are really great at is being good listeners. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, a big part of communication. It's not just talking, but actually receiving. I like that. I never actually heard anyone say it that way. That's cool. Well, we have in um, in the Astro Twins 2020 horoscope, which many people watching got with their ticket to Starstruck, a whole page of all the retrogrades in 2020. And Annabelle and I are going to go through them. Just, you know, to touch on Mercury, which I kind of think is like the basic, uh, you know, the, the pumpkin spice latte of all retrogrades now. Where, yeah, uh, it is. The Kardashian of the retrogrades. Like, fast. We love it. Fast you know, to talk about. It, but feels, everyone it knows feels comforting. It. Everyone, everyone knows about it. It's not, it's not the most, it's not, it's not a new, like, exciting, riveting concept, but we're all comfortable with it. And because it's an inner planet, which just means it's close to the sun, it happens three or four times a year and affects our daily lives. So we are, you know, if you ever need to uh, maybe get an astro skeptic to open their mind to the stars, just point out the Mercury retrograde because chances are they are going to have a technology or communication or commuting issue that they're going to be like, oh, all right, yeah, the company-wide servers did go down. So uh, in 2020, we've got Mercury retrograde in Aquarius for the first time, uh, Pisces and Aquarius, from February 16th to March 9th, mostly in Pisces. They'll dip into Aquarius for the last couple days. Uh, and then June 18th to July 12th in Cancer, you know, little emo period, if you have anything to comment on, feel free. Um, and then October 13th to November 3rd in Scorpio, and then it'll back into Libra. So those are the mercury dates to watch but so yeah with the water signs um you know uh, traditionally we think of the water signs as being mute they're not really communicators they don't have like a tongue or teeth to like or mouth to like roar or you know make, <laughs> make a sound with right uh so we think of those water signs as being mute and of course we know that um our scorpio and cancer and pisces friends usually have plenty of things to talk about but these signs as like, you know, as, as energies are really um, emotive and about emotion and feeling and aren't really concerned with putting them into language. And with Mercury retrograde and any of these water signs, I think we are going to be asked to slow down about how much we're saying about how we're feeling and really learn how to feel our feelings so we can talk about them better. Something I hear from a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, something I hear from a lot of people, especially when they're dating or in relationships, they can really come up with like a lot of stories about what's taking place, but they can't exactly say how they feel about something. I don't, I'm, I don't really know. Yeah, they're like, I think, but no. Yeah, you're not really, yeah, or you're dealing with immediate feelings, but not what really is bothering you or being, because relationships do, as you know, from all your research, writing a love book, um, they poke at those deeper things that we ignore on a usual. It's really easy for people to make like a pros and cons list and to kind of argue their way around like, well, this person's not treating me well, but there's this, this, and this, and all of the ideals and ideas and the story that people come up with. But a lot of times that story doesn't actually match the emotional, um, uh, you know, either anguish or even joy that's taking place within someone. Sometimes you can be really happy, but mentally you're so scared about what what could happen next that you're not really just letting yourself relax or it could be the reverse the other person can be making you feel very uncomfortable but you feel uncomfortable being uncomfortable so you squash it down you're like i'm not uncomfortable everything's fine because of the checklist of things yeah so this mercury retrograde these mercury retrogrades that are heavily in water signs will really help us figure out like do i am i actually enjoying this partnership um on a real level inside or am i just telling myself i am yeah, I like that. That's great yeah. advice. It's, yeah, like you will not be able to ignore your feelings. And I mean, two days after Valentine's Day, which personally I think is a scheduling error that it comes yes. with Aquarius season anyway. But two days later, we got Mercury retrograde and Pisces. For uh, the newbie astrologer, something I always recommend is during, um, before any retrograde, there's something called a shadow period. So for example, with Mercury retrograde, those, you know, few weeks before the retrograde starts, we're in the shadow period. And if something happens during the shadow period, you can take a look on what's called an ephemeris, find the date that the thing happened, look on the ephemeris and see what degree Mercury was at, and then see when Mercury is going to revisit that degree during the retrograde. So for example, if something takes place on Valentine's Day and the retrograde starts two days later, then we know four days later, basically that Mercury is going to revisit that spot and whatever took place during uh, Valentine's Day will be brought up again for discussion. So if you... Day of Pisces season, February 18th, we'll get the rebound. Yes. It'll be a good thing. But, you know, here's the myth about retrogrades too for the newbies is that they're, you know, that anything coming back around is bad or like it's some sort of tales from the crypt resurfacing it's sometimes things that you a person that you overlooked or an opportunity you missed or you weren't the timing wasn't right maybe it's a second chance for something good as well so here's hoping that's how it goes we know it's not going to go that way for everyone especially as we talk about the next two retrograde planets that we're getting but uh we've got the love planets going retrograde in 2020, Venus and Mars. Venus goes retrograde every 18 months, Mars every couple years. So this year we get them both. (laughs) We got off scot-free from that in 2019, but here they are, Venus from May 14th to June 25th in Gemini, which is a partner-oriented sign, and then Mars in the fall, September 10th to November 13th in Aries, its home sign. So Let's talk about that. I'm really excited to talk to you about this since you are a twin. Yeah. And Venus is going to be retrograde in the sign of the twins. And um, something that I think we see in like pop culture with twins is that they're the same, but they're different. Like, I think we've all seen like plenty of like movies or shows where there are twins and like, 
they're complaining because their parents dress them up the same way, but they're different. <laughs> or like, maybe it's like, oh, we're like, we switched places in class so we could take each other's tests. Like we got we away with it. that once. I got her a B minus. She got me an A and she would remind <laughs> me 35 years later, you know? <laughs> so we have that whole thing about twins. And as Venus is retrograde in Gemini, I think we're going to be asked like within, within your partnerships, like, how are you the same but different? And like, are you trying to force yourself to be like cookie cutter same? Are you trying to like buy yourselves like matching outfits and thinking that's going <laughs> to mean something greater for the relationship? It's not. Or are, are you trying to switch places with someone, which could mean like, for example, let's say you um, can be really shy and you're really attracted to people who are super outgoing. I think it can be a really positive thing to be around people who have a quality that you want to learn more from, but sometimes it's not really, it's sometimes it doesn't make sense for you at that moment in your life. So it's just kind of a, a time during the retrograde to take a step back and say, am I like, what am I projecting onto this person? What am I idealizing? That sort of thing. Venus yeah. of course is love and money, but it's also beauty. So a lot of times during Venus retrograde, we're reconsidering um, what beauty means to us. It's also values and Venus is all about what we want. So when Venus is retrograde in Gemini, we're really looking at what we want out of communication with our partners. Yeah. Also Gemini is the sign of choices and decisions and we will be having um, eclipses during this uh, Venus retrograde. And one of the eclipses will be in Sagittarius again, which is this sign that has, um, has to do with choice, especially when it's in a full, full moon with the sun in Gemini. And Sagittarius energy doesn't make choices. Sagittarius is like, give me all of it. Like, I don't want to make me. a choice. And it's the yeah. opposite side of Gemini too. Yeah. So they are already linked in a partnership as well. So. Yeah. And Gemini, Gemini wants to make choices. Gemini wants to be picky. So during this Venus retrograde, we're really going to be learning what we want to pick and choose. And I think one of the deeper things that's going to be going on is going to be issues or questions around ultimatums. Because a lot of times we want to make a decision for someone um, or we want to uh, take what's valuable to us and basically say, if you don't do this, then I'm gone. And maybe that's going to be appropriate, but maybe there's another way to do things. So I think that's going to be a really important lesson this spring. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we even have some Mercury retrograde action coinciding with the last week of Venus retrograde. Mercury will be retrograde in Cancer. So a lot of, you know, I'm going to say you have to guard against being self-absorbed during that time. Oh, yeah. I like what you're saying about, you know, Gemini is the mirror twins. So sometimes we have a, a not the clones necessarily. How does, you want to look at how is a partner reflecting parts of you back that you might have projected onto them and not, and rather than keep doing that, like look at, all right, where am I disowning something? You know, if you've, if you've ever been in a relationship where someone is an extreme version of something that you think you're not, there's a good chance you've polarized uh, because you've disowned some part of yourself. Totally. Found someone who's acting it out. So um, maybe you want to take on integrating that trait. Like if, if you're someone who's really quiet and you're with a really loud person, turn up your own volume, you know, go, I don't know, sing some karaoke, we'll go with you. Or just, <laughs> you know, just be a little more expressed and, um, and, and look for the value in, in that instead of blaming or pointing fingers. That's what I would yes. say. So it's going to be an interesting end of June. Wow, isn't that the time when we're supposed to be having summer flings? I guess it's going to be with an X. Um, <laughs> so Mar let's talk about Mars retrograde in Aries and your sign. That's yeah. where you get to be in the hot seat, uh, September 10th to November 13th. So 
So what happens during a Mars retrograde is Mars is opposite the sun. And the sun is our ego and vitality and like what gives us life. And it's going to be in Libra. Like we want to connect. We want to partner. We want to uh, compromise. But Mars in Aries doesn't want to compromise. Mars in Aries wants to figure out what the fight is and win it and move on. Doesn't really care about, you know, uh, you know, shaking hands and being polite. Mars, is, uh, like Mars in Aries is on a mission. Um, to win. To win. And it's a very competitive energy. So with the sun in Libra saying, I want to partner, I want to connect, and Mars, which is the planet that rules knives and scissors and severing things, <laughs> we want to connect, but there is this energy of, I need to just cut it off. So there's maybe this really important balance that needs to take place and uh, compromise, which Mars and Aries doesn't want to do because Mar the whole purpose of Mars and Aries is to protect us and to win so that there's, uh, you know, uh, there can be danger in, in other people. Like when we take a look at the natal chart, the seventh house is the house of relationships, but it's also the house of open enemies. And Mars and Aries is like, no, it's just like me and my team. Like, right. we don't it's my it. world. You're just yes. kind of living in it. Yeah. But, so know, that's, character. Yeah. so with, you know, Mars retrograde, a lot of times there can just be a really limp feeling. It's really frustrating. Things are just going really slow. We're angry. Totally could be passive aggressive. The sun is in Aries. I mean, the sun is in Libra, you know, and Libra doesn't want to fight. That's all that Mars and Aries wants to do. Yeah. So that retrograde can make us definitely passive aggressive, stuffing down our feelings. And, you know, I, I would say one of the antidotes to that would be to try to get some exercise and physical activity in. Maybe that's sex with an X. Maybe it's something else. But, you know, we have another overlapping uh, Mercury retrograde, too. Um, so from November 3rd to 13th, uh, there's going to be a double retrograde of Mercury um, in Scorpio Libra. Well, yeah, to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, from October 13th to November 3rd, we've got Mercury retrograde from Scorpio and Scorpio and Libra, and that's contained entirely in the Mars retrograde period. So got to watch for those vengeful Scorpio feelings, the obsessing, the fixating, and then the Libra sort of pity party. Uh, yeah. Energy. Oh God. Wow. I just, I think my big advice is don't stay with people you don't want to be with during this time. Yeah. Because all the sun and Libra wants to do is partner, partner, partner. It can't hear anything else. Mm -hmm. And then I think we've all had friends or been in the situation where we're dating someone, we just simply don't know how to break up with them or we feel guilty doing it. That's, that's Libra stuff, you know? And I think with the retro Mercury retrograde, that's going to be an opportunity for us to, again, ask that question. How am I really feeling? I can Libra logically, you know, make the checklist of why everything's okay, but Mars retrograde and Aries, if you haven't already dumped them or cut it off or severed it, the retrograde is like, you have to do it. You simply yeah. must. The retrograde is going to show you. Maybe, it's like, no joke about yeah. that. Like, and maybe you won't really have like the guts to do it until after the retrograde's over, but the retrograde is really going to show you. So the other you know, side of this is let's say you're in some really happy and great relationships, um, not just romantic, but really any kind of partnership. You know, Libra doesn't have to just be romantic relationships, <laughs> business no. partnerships or whatever it is. Um, the, I think people are going to really learn about fighting fair and about how to talk about their problems um, in a way that's uh, effective and honest. Yeah. yeah, let's hope so. I mean, maybe by not doing that, you'll learn, you know, you'll learn through your mistakes, but 
for sure uh, we get a little double uh, intense moment there in October, November. So, you know, the summer flings and the fall flings are not going to come for free. I think that's 2020. This, it's just a year. We're really going to have to do the I work. I like that. It's yeah. not gonna, nothing is going to come for free, especially, I mean, at the top of the year, we have these eclipses and a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Nothing yeah. is coming for free or under the going to wait for that winter solstice, the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, which is, still isn't necessarily a freebie, but it's a kind of like, okay, here's the reward for your hard work. You finally get to grow. Yeah. Now here's hoping nobody has to wait all the way until <laughs> December 21st to get their reward. But just be ready to look at all of it. And again, I think if you're proactive, you know, if you know this stuff is coming, you're like, all right, I think I'm going to deal with it sooner uh, and get ahead of the curve, then hopefully you'll get through these retrogrades without having to deal with anything too heavy. So I like to look at the outer planet retrogrades, at least Jupiter and Saturn. So uh, now Jupiter is always retrograde for about four months and then Saturn about four and a half. So we've got Jupiter retrograde in Capricorn, May 14th to September 12th. So um, I see that as a time to pause on the goals and evaluate them. There's going to be a, um, a Jupiter-Pluto meetup in that time as well. So uh, that's in August. So a real sort of deep dive, soul-searching look at your goals. Do you have any thoughts on that one? On yeah. With all of the um, planets that aren't personal planets, those retrogrades, I always look at the station, and which is when the retrograde begins and when it ends, is really being like the most intense part of the retrograde. Mm -hmm. But in general, in that time uh, in between the two stations, Jupiter wants to collect as much as it can, right? When it's retrograde, it's not collecting more. Instead, it's looking at what it's already got and expanding those things that it already collected. So um, you can think about it, like some people are really into plants right now. There are so many like plant moms out there. Like, so if we're looking at like Jupiter, Jupiter is like trying to, it's like buying all the plants, buying all the succulents, like just filling up the home with plants. But eventually you're going to need to like stop buying plants and repot the plants that you have. Get bigger, um, uh, what's it called? Get bigger, I don't know what they're called because they don't have plants. Uh, Pots. You have to get bigger, bigger pots for them. So um, that's that's what Jupiter retrograde is. It's like stop collecting more, make bigger what you already have. I like these Scorpio Moon metaphors <laughs> for everything. Great, great examples. Yeah, I agree. Sort of, and and also just take stock. Do you have too much of something? Like, could you yeah. give some of those plants away? Could you foster a new plant, Mom? By you know, Jupiter is also the teacher. So if you've accumulated an excess of abundance, you know, give it to someone else and make sure they're set off right so that they too can multiply their abundance and pay it forward to you. It's not a bad retrograde. I it's think. not, not at all. No. And, you know, especially in Capricorn, Capricorn's all about achievement, you know, and responsibility. And with Jupiter and Capricorn this year, I think that everyone's going to be stepping up to responsibility in a really exciting way for them that they haven't in the last 11 or so years. And going back to Jupiter being the teacher, Jupiter in Capricorn um, is a very respected teacher. Someone who's very wise, really been around the block. So this is going to be cool. This is good study hall. Catch up on those notes. Yeah. Uh, so Saturn, speaking of teachers, also retrograde. Now we have Saturn dipping into Aquarius for a few months. Uh, so it's going to start its retrograde um, 
from May 11th to July 1st in Aquarius, and then it's going to back into Capricorn from July 1st to September 29th. So uh, in March, we get a taste of Saturn in Aquarius. So some people will be starting their Saturn returns, those born in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Saturn in Aquarius retrograde, I think just kind of lessons about, well, it's going to be an interesting time for politics. For I definitely think, election. yeah, we're looking at politics. We're looking at authority. Um, when I think of the relationship between Capricorn and Aquarius, Capricorn is us um, in, an, in an office building. When we think about the beginning degrees of Capricorn, that's us like walking into the office building and we start out on the first floor and then like we keep getting promoted. And by the time we get to like the end of the Capricorn journey, like we're in like, we're on like the top floor of the office building with like corner windows, and, like we're the boss, right? Then when we move into Aquarius, that is us clocking out from work. Well, I guess you don't clock out if like you're the boss at the top. But <laughs> when you, that's, that's Aquarius is you leaving the office and going to like the private club where like everyone drinks and like talks about business and like you schmooze and like share secrets and like pull the strings of the world, right? Like that's, that's the relationship from Capricorn to Aquarius. So Saturn, which is all about authority, moving from Capricorn into Aquarius and then back in is like, you've achieved some really important uh, level of um, expertise or you got, you got a lot of respect, like you were, were uh, seen as being a really hard worker in some way. And now you're like rubbing shoulders with other hard workers, but maybe you forgot something at the office that you have to go get. So this Saturn retrograde, we are leaving work to go mingle with other successful people, but we need to go back and get the files and double check something before we, <laughs> that we can make a deal. Does that make sense? I can get those temps returns <laughs> known. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like, and making sure you're really ready. I love that. Ready for, you know, game time. You know, you've yeah. been prepping, you have been on the campaign trail, presenting yourself as a leader. Now you have to go out and be among the people and serve them when Saturn's in Aquarius. So how are you doing with that? Do you still need a little polishing, management training, team building, some of the fundamentals? Like, so go, you know, go back and tune up your power pack before you go out and serve the world and help blaze a trail for the future. We're all gonna have a job in that. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, Chiron, they all go retrograde, but We'll save those for the book um, and the forecasts that we'll be writing, no doubt, for the yes. year all year long. Um, thank you so much, Annabelle. Uh, where of can course. people find you fastest? Yeah, so I am the Senior Astrologer at Vice. We have this amazing app called AstroGuide where you can read daily and weekly and monthly horoscopes and extended horoscopes and lover horoscopes and crush horoscopes. We even have a compatibility wheel on our app. And uh, you can find that over at Vice or just simply by going to my website, AnnabelleGatt.com or my Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash AnnabelleGatt or my Twitter at AnnabelleGatt underscore. And of course, I have my really good book, The Astrology of Love and Sex, which is a compatibility book. It's focused on sun signs, but if you know a little bit more about astrology, you can just really use this book as a primer on the energies of the signs and really apply it to pretty much any planet in Sinistry. Um, 
and there is a really good short, easy to understand section on how compatibility works, which I think is really helpful for people. And it's also really funny and kind of dirty and really good. <laughs> a little naughty Aries thing to get yes. you to the Venus and Mars yeah. retrograde. A little Scorpio moon, you know. That's right. We can't help yeah. it. We gotta put those. Can't help it. That's right. So yeah. well, thank you so much. Thank and you. it's been great having you. We'll yeah. see you all soon. Yay. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah.